0: And the Oscar goes to
1: Jessica Justine.
0: Hello everybody, welcome to ClapperCast episode 102. I'm your host today, Carson Tamar, joined as always by Paul Price, Alina Falds. And joining us today, it's Jonathan Fuji from The Film Drunk. How is everyone doing today?
1: Uh, I'm still comprehending everything that happened last night. So I'm like doing better than I thought I
2: would be actually. Yeah, uh, I mean, we lucked out um the funniest part about this whole oscars was i was very bored and um my friend is a huge chris rock fan and so he goes everyone shut up and watch chris rock and we were like okay fine and so all of us were bored but completely silent as everything went down and it was like we were all like oh that was a funny bit and then like the realization that it wasn't a bit was (laughs) so good but uh Yeah, no, um, you know, Jonathan and I got the only thing we ever wanted. But (laughs) other than that, it was a bleak, bleak period for me.
3: I did not watch the Oscars. I went to a WWE live show with my cousin instead, and I had a wonderful night. So I'm sorry to (laughs) everyone who had to suffer through the Oscars because it seemed truly hellacious. Yeah. uh,
2: Yeah. But the funniest part about that (laughs) is... is that Carson was texting you and not like sending you like the official tweets was just texting you <laughs> like a pundit, just like <laughs> so-and-so one. And it'd be like the most inane joy, uh, question.
3: And I just reply with fun, cute, nice. <laughs> I don't care. Title right now.
2: <laughs> okay. You asked for it to be fair. Uh, yeah,
3: no, I appreciate it. Yes. It and nice. she was
2: very excited that Belfast won, which I know Jonathan was as well hell yeah (laughs) all of our favorite films i think i think we all have a number one um yeah (laughs) my favorite thing is that the only films that got more than three are or got more than one sorry is dune coda and the eyes of tammy faye that's it no other film (laughs) got more than one oscar I will say you definitely lost belief, though.
0: The morning of the Oscars, you said Jessica Chastain was not winning.
2: But I still kept it. I kept it. (sighs) Listen, those fucking anonymous ballots. And I know, like, Jonathan got all of my, like, it can't happen. It's definitely Penelope. But um, I think it was because I assumed it was going to be another uh, Anthony Hopkins, Chadwick Boseman moment. But it wasn't, ultimately. Although I would guess that all of those... We're so close. Like, I really feel like, um, you know, just apparently the vibe in Hollywood was there was a- another option for almost every single person, except maybe um, Ariana DeBose. And probably Will Smith. I think Will Smith was pretty safe. I, I don't know. Like, I, I apparently like when I talk to people who like are more in the know, um, they said that Andrew was coming up as much as I heard about Penelope um because they were like you know it's just he's had such a great year in general like i think the three roles of tammy fay spider-man and uh tick tick boom just really boosted him sure
0: well let's save the rest of our oscar talk for a little bit and let's jump into the new release this week because there was (laughs) one and i think we should talk about it or rather alina thinks we should talk about it i think she's probably the only (laughs) reason we're talking about this the lost city released Alina, you forced us to talk about this. I did not see it. I (laughs) wanted to, but I did not see it. But uh, you can take it away. What did The Lost City do for you?
3: Okay, Carson did the exact same thing with Dog. He was like, do we have to watch this movie? And I'm like, yes, because Channing Tatum is in it. What is your problem, guy? Um, Yeah, I watched this on Friday. I had to like beg my little cousins to come with me because I could not get a ride to the movie theater by my grandma's house without them coming. Um... One of them did not like it, but she's the one who's very into, like, Motley Crue, so I did not think it was her vibe, but my little sister and my other little cousin, who's much more girly, enjoyed it. This is very much a mom movie. I was sitting there, and I was like, my mom would have liked this, but she didn't want to go. She has to listen to me more often, because she, I know she's going to love this. Anyway, it's about Channing Tatum being a romance novel, cover, model, whatever, and Sandra Bullock is the romance book writer, and she gets kidnapped by Daniel Radcliffe because she also can translate some ancient foreign language. And she's the only person who can do that because her dead husband was an archaeologist. And it's just very confusing and weird, but I had a good time. It's just like a really fun, stupid movie of Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock in the jungle, and I had a good time like that's all there is to it it's a fucking good time and i'm glad movies like this are back
1: as you were saying that plot synopsis cuz i i saw it early i was like jesus christ i didn't realize how fucking wild this movie like actually right? i was like forgetting what <laughs> happened uh I, I i'll be quick on this one i think this one's fine it's it's like it's like one of the easiest like 3 stars i've like ever given a movie like it was pretty enjoyable this is the shanning tatum i like i don't like the dear john or like, what the fuck was it? Like the vow, Channing Tatum. I just, I just can't, I can't take him seriously. See, that's by Channing 20- Tatum. Oh god, no. <laughs> the vow, no, yes. now Twenty One Jump Street, and now The Lost City, Channing Tatum. That is. See, I think of those as two different people.
2: I think of that as Which more one? like uh, the Twenty One Jump Street versus the, um, the Lost City, Channing Tatum, because like that's more comedy. This is like trying to be a romantic lead. I put this more with um, actually closer to Dog and uh, Logan Lucky. Uh, I hate a dog. (laughs) um, (laughs) Well, I I didn't. Dog is not good. I did not. Whoa. Yeah, I did not like this at all. I was so disappointed. Um, I wanted to, but like, uh, Alina, what you're talking about with the plot. This is written by like nine people. Um, and each one of them, 100% had a different idea. And somewhere in the last bits of production, they were like, all of them. So like, you can just feel when suddenly it goes to, you know, a different, like, writer's vision, because it'll be like, very heavily romantic. And then all of a sudden, it's like, a drama more. And then all of a sudden, it's like a slapstick comedy. And then all of a sudden, it's an adventure movie. And I was like, what is this? And not in a fun way. Like, a a lot of times I really like these. Um, I'm a sucker for this kind of movie. Um, I was expecting it closer to, I guess, Barb and Star almost. Like, a more romantic Barb and Star. Where it's like, you know, oh, here's a basic plot. And we're just going to do some fun jokes. This just felt, like, so flat. Um, And the thing is, uh, it will get a sequel. And I think that the sequel... Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, no. Really? That's why they... You think so? I think that's why they changed the name from The Lost City of D to just The Lost City so that they can, like, continue it on. Um, Because, yeah, I think this is going to get multiple movies. And I think that... I think that a sequel could be better. It could, like, improve on the things I dislike. Because a lot of it I disliked was their relationship building. And if you can get I didn't straight. get
3: why Channing character liked her. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "King, uh, you deserve better."
2: <laughs> um yeah, that was actually one of the biggest things for me was like I love Sandy, but she was so flat in this. Like she definitely was there for the paycheck, and I've never really felt that in a role for her. Um even like the worst roles, I'm like, "Oh, she's having a great time." This it just felt like she was so bored um also uh this is completely dumb but one of the things i learned from like living in la is that you can always fix your face but the one thing you cannot fix as you age is your belly button what yeah no 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 this <laughs> okay, is important i'm getting somewhere okay okay yeah go for and it. when channing tatum takes off his shirt i was like oh he's aged that's what his face would oh look like. You look at that belly button and you're like, mm. yep, it's starting to like, it's just a little bit of a sag. It's just like, it's not like a perky belly button anymore because you can't I fix it. I didn't notice there's that. No at all, I'm scar. not a crazy person. No, 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 oh no, no, no. It was like somebody told me that. <laughs> and then I started noticing it. Like you notice it with a lot of like, um, you know, when people do like the shirtless photos for like any magazine or whatever. It's like, hmm, that's a that's an older person. Like, it's the wrong belly button for the face. And that's how I felt when I looked at Channing Tatum. I was like, hmm, you were definitely a 40 year old man at this point. Um, But yeah, so that's uh, that's my fun. That's my fun fact. And now you'll notice it and you'll be like, oh, no, he was right. Like, you'll notice belly buttons now and you'll be like, oh, God, (laughs) that's it. Uh, not but, to kink
0: shame you, Paul, but that's fucking psychotic of a sentence to say. Oh, no, no,
2: no, no. It's not a, it's not, it's just like, apparently, it's the one thing that, like, all of the doctors I don't think and it's the make,
3: one thing. I feel like hands can also really age. I think you. hands,
2: too, but I think hands don't age for a while. Belly buttons is the thing that it's like, like, that area mm-hmm. is just like, you can't fix it. And you can tell that someone's now 40. Um, it's like the other thing I heard. Um, with people who don't get, you know, any sort of facial surgery or whatever, you know, uh, Botox and whatever, um, is the ears. So on people's ears, specifically guys, um, when they turn about 40, they get a little wrinkle by their earlobe. And that's how you can tell if someone's like over 40. And, um, I've heard it from multiple people. Yeah, I know. Now you're going to be worried about it. I've been looking at the, um, ear wrinkle for so long but yeah it's a it's like a big determinant of whether guys like middle-aged or not um so yeah i don't know it's it's fun to like no, it's a wild like tangent plastic like,
3: surgery
2: yeah it's wild because you like sit there and you're like oh that's not a big deal and then you both worry about it for yourself and then like notice it on everyone like every person i meet who's in like the 35 and above range i'm like how's your ear wrinkle doing A lot of people's (laughs) ear wrinkle is doing very bad.
3: (laughs) Well, anyway, I definitely enjoyed this movie a lot more than like I would have because my entire theater was packed with middle aged white women, which are one of my favorite movie demographics. And they were just (laughs) losing their minds like I can't remember the last like they were laughing at everything, and then so I was laughing at everything, even though not everything was funny. And I just feel like I was in the perfect environment for this film. You have to see this with a bunch of old white women, is what I'm telling you, and you'll enjoy it. More. Alina,
0: would I like this? Is this like the white woman
2: movie, like that I'm also in, or?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think you'd like it, Carson. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> I don't like. I don't know Carson because it it's like it. it you know what Jonathan said. It's a very like mid movie um mm-hmm. but you also may like be obsessed with it um it's not as funny as something like monster in law which we'll get into but okay okay it's too no, long like, to... yeah it's it so long. Too long it's too long i i got up and went to the bathroom and um i apparently don't do that in movies And I came back and my friends were like, we thought you left. (laughs) It was like, it wasn't that bad. (laughs) Like, I didn't even react. They were just like, you weren't laughing. And then you just got up and left. (laughs) It was like, imagine I just fully walk out of the lost city.
3: (laughs) Oh, my favorite part of the movie is they make such a big deal of Sandra Bullock not being able to sit down in her glittery jumpsuit. And then she lives perfectly fine running through the jungle in heels and her jumpsuit
2: climbing a mountain oh no my my favorite part of that (laughs) that whole movie was the obviously removed um coda different coda um to daniel craig's or daniel craig to daniel radcliffe's character um where he's like my family and my family my family and i'm like oh his family's definitely going to be like a part and like either become his undoing or like they're gonna show up nothing happens with the family and i was like wait i what? was
3: fully expecting us to see the little brother that he talked about so much i did too and like-
2: okay like i kind of was expecting it to be like you know um some like harry potter character like bring in you know like uh fucking draco malfoy i don't remember any other names anymore um they're not Rupert famous. Grant yeah like no. no but like Rupert Grant or um what is Tom draco's Felton. name tom felton tom felton he's not doing anything <laughs> um <laughs> you know just bring him it i was like, like fully expecting like oh this will be like a fun little thing um i knew at that point because i'd seen it a couple days later that wouldn't happen but i was like i wanted someone interesting to show up as his little brother but i'm assuming that's going to be the sequel character is his little brother oh, and him that's a good idea combining it'll probably be barry corrigan oh god <laughs> <laughs> Just.
3: i really enjoyed brad pitt's little extended cameo it was so funny <laughs> <laughs> also there's an after credits scene i'm not going to spoil it but there's an after credit there is scene there was? a fucking
0: film i don't care Ah <laughs> oh, shit i left uh
3: what <laughs> okay. wait
2: i saw it what um was it? wait wait it's it...
3: them it's sandra bullock and channing tatum doing oh, yoga yeah. and they turn around and brad pitt's there
2: I saw that. Even though he got
3: shot in the fucking head. <laughs> yeah.
2: And he's like we only use 10% of our brains. And you know So I, I can just switch to another 10% percent of my brain. Which is <laughs> not that was what that so means. Good. And also that's a lie.
3: <laughs> yeah. Anyway.
2: Um, I, lost lost I, City,
3: not I, good but it's fantastic at the same time.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I will say though um, whoever did Punch Up at one point Um, added a couple of like more of the dark jokes and consistently was the funniest person. Um, Patty Harrison got my favorite line when, uh, she was talking about that, uh, her friend who went missing and it was like, I think it's half how Patty, Patty Harrison says it. And then half how like the script, you know, like in certain things, it's like, oh, I know that that's going to be the joke. But it's still funny. Um, I I like those kind of things. And I do feel like if it had more of the 90s like dark humor throwbacks, I would have liked this more. I felt like it pushed a little too hard on being about something. Like I didn't care about her dead husband. Sorry. Like me neither. It never interested me. True. Stay dead, bro. Yeah. And it was like if something if there had been some interesting twist with it, like he was a piece of shit and had been working with Dan- uh, Daniel Radcliffe or anything like that. Like something that, like, oh, okay, that's why this character exists. Otherwise, it's just like the dead husband trope. It's very like, you know, girl in the fridge.
3: Yeah. Um. There's this one popular letterbox user, like Demi something. Um. He said in his review that he did punch up on this movie,
2: which is yes. fun. And I. Was going to mention that, but I couldn't remember if I imagined that or not.
3: <laughs> no, I had the same thing. So unless um, we're having a collective hallucination, it was
2: <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, no, I saw that and I was like, um, yeah, no, that makes sense. Because uh, whenever he does punch up on TV shows, whenever he like writes an episode, I'm like, that's the better episode.
0: Well, Paul, it's sad to hear that you did not enjoy that. Um, but here's, I think, to something that I don't think any of us probably enjoyed. The Oscars happened. It is funny how like i love the oscars i'll speak for myself i love the oscars but then oscar night rolls around and i hate the oscars more than pretty much anything else um there's a lot to get into right so i think let's start with just overall thoughts and jonathan you're our guest you can kick off your thoughts on the 94th academy awards how is this for you
1: you actually said it very well i do love the oscars but like I love like everything leading up to the nominations and then the nominations get released. Who's going to win? I love all of that, genuinely. But you're totally right. When Oscar night, when I'm like sitting down to watch this show and as soon as it starts, just the energy just slowly starts getting sucked out of me. I'm not even going to talk about what the producers and ABC, what all they try to do, because I'm pretty sure it's just not successful. This show was like very boring and predictable and they didn't even save time, which is what they were trying to do with the categories anyway. So that was... There was no fucking point to that. But honestly, like I was really having a rough night, especially after those screenplay winners. Just a two-piece combo to me personally of Belfast and Coda. That shit just hurt me a little bit. But but Will Smith and Chris Rock, it like almost gave me protection. Because once that happened, and I genuinely, like not even acting for the camera, I genuinely could not comprehend anything that was going on anymore. I was excited for Jessica Chastain because I was personally invested in that. But I wasn't as excited as I would have been without that. But at the same time, that incident kind of shielded me from, no disrespect, a CODA best picture win, which did happen. And I did not really want to happen. But because of the Will Smith, I was like, sure. I was like, yeah, CODA, one best picture. Great. Like, good for you. Like, I was like very nice to it, actually, because this is they completely upstage anything that's going to happen now. Like no one's going to remember that Coda won Best Picture or like Jessica Chastain. It's, this is like the Will Smith, Chris Rock Oscars. So it's a little conflicting, but it, I mean, ratings went up. I mean, my interest after that happened certainly went up because that was probably the most anticipated, like best actor speech I can remember. I was like, what the hell is he going to say now? So, overall, that actually solid after the slap, which I don't condone, but made it more fun, I guess.
2: Yeah, um, I'm kind of with you. Um, so, as you know, I didn't like Nomad Land and I didn't like Coda. And I really love that I ultimately win because no one remembers that Nomad Land won. They remember the like uh, Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins screw up. And no one remembers that Coda won because of Will Smith. So, like, really, I just I stay winning on, like, my little petty beefs against very normal movies um, <laughs> that I would probably not dislike if I had not been hyped up, watched it, kind of disliked it. And then everyone in my entire world being like, it's the greatest movie I've ever seen. Um like no it's just very funny because like you're exactly right when go to one best picture i was like a i don't care because i don't care about any of these nominees um after jane campion won uh best director i was like okay so west side story is not winning so nothing i care about is gonna win um i was just like okay whatever who cares um and ultimately i think that's like interesting about the oscars uh so uh someone everyone said this felt more like the golden globes and yes but also i don't mind that like if the golden globes are dead make the oscars more fun don't have people you know assaulting each other but like you know like loosen it up like we're only watching it for the memes at this point and to like have you know a couple people on twitter like get really upset That's all that this is. Um, But I do love that ultimately all of this did shield Jessica Chastain from getting like so much shit. Um, Because like the Kristen Stewart fans and, you know, the Penelope Cruz people, all of that, like I was ready for it. And I was very upset that she won almost because I was like, we're going to talk about this as like the worst best actress win and all this stuff. And everyone was like, no one cares anymore. (laughs) After assault happens on live television, you're like, "eh, it's fine that she won. And I'm like, yes, it is fine because she was the best actress of the year. But <laughs> um, yeah, so like I have some quibbles. I don't think even if Coda wins best picture, I think screenplay is an atrocity Um, like full stop. I'm just going to say it like any of the winners outside of that. I would have been like, yes coda is like what are you thinking um and i think that even like coda fans are a little like screenplay but i understand like wanting to give it to sean but i don't know uh i think it'll end up being considered one of the worst best picture winners and so who cares like i'm not going to lose this argument in the grand scheme of things so have it up in that little mall area where it has all the names of the best picture winners. That's fine. I also like that Nomadland, followed by um, Coda, are in my bottom two of best picture winners, period. Um, and I will eventually revisit that, but right now I'm petty. Uh- <laughs> Here's the thing, though, about Coda
0: it is not. The film everyone thought was going to win, which is a film I despise by a director who I hate quite literally walked away when they won because I think they're trash. So I was pretty happy actually about that. I don't like Coda, but that was like, I can live with this fine because it's not what everyone thought was going to win. This is a show, though, the Oscars overall of two parts. The first two hours was terrible. It was unfunny. For some reason, we just never really handed out awards. We went like 30 minutes without giving awards out. It was unfunny. It was just really bad to get to. But as soon as Chris Rock walked on stage, we shifted dimensions because everything started becoming amazing. You get the punch. Then you go to Rami Malik, and no one talks about this. Introducing No Time to Die genuinely drunk or on drugs because he was not speaking English. Every three <laughs> words, he skipped a word in his script. It was not English, and it just kept getting better. The audience voting things with the best movie moment of all time and the best film of the year. I'm not kidding. Bring that back every year. That was the most entertaining thing that ever happened at the Oscars. Saying Zack Snyder's Justice League, a film not eligible at the Oscars, has the best movie moment of all time of fucking lutely <laughs> seeing a little clip of minata or whatever the fuck johnny depp was in <laughs> no one knows what that film is literally alina could not review it for clapper because it did not release get like number three in the best films of the year you can't army of the dead getting best film it's amazing and then you just got like belfast winning which was great i'm sorry everyone hates it i love belfast it's the only movie in this entire award season i liked so, like, other than that, I was so... And it also helps that I was not looking forward to this at all because I hate every film nominated for anything but Belfast. So,
2: <laughs> you know... Even uh, Dune?
3: You're hating on I'm Dune? Very, H- I'm like, what? Dune
2: is, fine. Dune he is liked, fine. He liked West Side Story. But everyone yes. forgets that West Side Story exists, and I don't know why. We, like, collectively forget. And then yeah. it's like we're rem- uh, we remember and we're like, oh, yeah, West Side but Story like- was a movie that was released this year. <laughs>
0: I can't even consider that, though, because nowadays, it just feels like the Oscars are so predictable. Everyone knows the one film or, like, the two surprises that it could be. So, like, yes, I like West Side Story. I never thought it was going to win the Best Picture, so I can't even really consider it. I do like The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I think Anthony Hopkins giving the award to Jessica Chastain is fucking hilarious for you, Paul. I love that for
2: you. I literally, um, it was so upsetting that the Will Smith thing had happened because I was numb And I was thinking about an alternate dimension where like Will Smith had like 10% more decorum or Chris Rock had 3% more decorum and like (laughs) that didn't happen. And I was like, man, this would have, I would have blown up. I mean, I still screamed, but it was like a scream of like, you know, stress, like if you've won a a match of like a you know soccer game or something and you're like oh, we won great um versus like the pure joy of last year um when anthony hopkins won and you know I I was completely gone um not just drunk but also excited um you know it's just it was a little disappointing because like I I I rewatched it and I was like watching Anthony Hopkins say Jessica Chastain is a very like me moment. Because that's why I do love movies is because I win sometimes.
0: You also got just continuing listening moments. I genuinely thought they were introducing power of the dog when the one bitch came on and talked about an adult cowboy film he saw down the street. I was like, why would you introduce this talking about a gay porno of cowboys? You saw at seven years old. Sadly was introducing best director, but still that was funny. You got lady Gaga coming out for best picture, which was iconic. The one genuine thing that I was like, maybe it's going to happen. That didn't happen. That I wish happened was Jared Leto coming out full Paula Gucci. Just like they did with Cats in 2020, where you had James Corden, and Rebel Wilson come out in full Cats costume, which was one of the best Oscar moments oh. of all time. Would have loved if he came out and was like, wah, best actors. <laughs> but, you know, didn't happen, and that's okay. Other than that, it was a bad show until the final end, which was incredible.
2: I will say, actually, um, I the one thing I'm shocked that they didn't do was anything with Nicole Kidman for... Uh, the AMC ad, good shout. I like. I was so ready for it, and I don't know if you guys were expecting it, but like, I was so sure that like, there's nothing in film that's kind of been like, you know, trending and lasting as long. No movie has lasted as long as like, you know, heartbreak feels good in a place like this, and nothing. Um, I will say, uh, you know, overall, I just, I don't care about any of these winners for the most part outside of justine um outside of ariana deboe debose um but yeah it's just it's kind of a meh oscars to me um even like belfast which i don't hate i was just like i kind of wanted worst person in the world to win just because like give me something that i'm like like make my heart go oh what Like, I guess the only one that shocked me was Dune, and it wasn't a shock. It was more like a, oh, I guess, but like, okay. The one positive pause, we'll never talk about any of these
0: films again. Film Twitter, where's the Promising Young Woman love? You love that film so much, and where is it now? Can't wait to never talk about these shit films again. Power of the Dog sucks. Coda sucks. All these films (laughs) are fucking terrible. I'm sorry, Film Twitter, and I cannot wait to never hear about Jane Campion ever fucking again because she's the fucking devil.
1: Um, am I missing something?
2: Oh, <laughs> no. They just hate <laughs> hate They her. hated Power of the Dog. I just don't okay, like so...
3: her. Okay. I don't like her. I because was pretty movie? whatever. No, I was fine on Power of the Dog the until people woman. on the internet made it so fucking annoying. And the whole thing she did with the Williams sisters was really freaking annoying. And I just think she's a cunt. I don't like her. She is the worst oh, type, type of white woman. The worst <laughs> type of white woman
0: to be clear she also made a terrible film with laughably bad uh representation so i mean i also think it's shitty
3: that denny Villeneuve missed out on a best directing nom i don't like it that is the one thing from this oscars that is bullshit everything else sure tolerable fine i don't care
0: as a gay man, I can say this straight white woman from New Zealand making a gay cowboy film, I don't have to respect it. I don't have to like it. <laughs> fuck you, Jane Campion. Shit filmmaker. But too. we're not.
2: Like- <laughs> Holy <fuck. laughs> That was well- so charged.
0: <laughs> John, this is my last time I'm ever going to talk about this woman. I have to say uh, what yeah, I think. No, go go off. Until she go off. Until she shows up again. Oh my God! Lord knows oh yeah. she's gonna get Lady she's... Gaga in the next film,
2: and I'm gonna have to stand. I was gonna say she was gonna like remake, uh, like Portrait of a Lady on Fire. <laughs> she's just like, no. Uh, but you did mention the Williams sisters. I do think that this is like, it's so upsetting that they got this, and then every big award show has been like a shit show for them, um, mm-hmm. them specifically. Uh, and, like, you can watch their face when Will Smith's talking, um, during his, you know, a lot of people are like, when you read it, it's fine. And it's like, yeah, but we watched it. (laughs) We didn't read it later. Um, it was a wild speech. Um, the cutaway to them, also with Oscars written, um, every five seconds, and no one could figure out why. It had a nip slip, apparently. Is that really what happened? According to multiple people online, I cannot confirm an order to oh lie. my god okay yeah because i heard someone talk about the nip slip but i didn't know that that was the reason um yeah no it's just it's disappointing and sad for them like you know and they'll definitely get like a fucking anthony hopkins moment where they like come in next year and they'll introduce some thing i see um, best picture I could easily see that being the case i could see them getting best picture um although i also could see chris rock getting best picture i have no clue what they're gonna do with Best oh Picture. oh my god no <laughs> <way>. <laughs> <I don't laughs> well. it's gonna be jada and chris rock <laughs> because oh, will is actually will banned actually and cannot come
3: <laughs> i genuinely do not understand why this will smith and chris rock thing became like the big deal it was everybody everybody crying like assaults and abuse you wouldn't survive a second outside of city limits. It is like, well, you're so sheltered. What is Judge wrong said with you he could that die? the worst thing? What is wrong with you that you think that's the worst thing ever seen at the Oscars? You're embarrassing. Grow up. Grow the fuck up.
2: I mean, I think it's I think it's more like Alina as someone who watched it. It was just like this we, It was the I only saw it I kinda, though. I
3: saw the clip.
2: No, I know. No, no. But I'm saying like in the moment you like you watched it and you were like, Chris rock hit by Will Smith. Um, it's different when you were watching it in the same way. It, the only thing I can equate it to uh, literally in life is the, um, la la land, uh, moonlight moment where like, you're just like sick and like weird about it. Cause you're like, I know how these things go and this is not going right. Um, like I totally get like, um, I just feel like people are just dealing with it in a very like uh I've got to get a bunch of likes on Twitter, you know, kind of Yeah, the, exactly. the takes on this have already been
1: I'm in like genuinely insane yeah, um, from like both sides. Yeah, there's this and oh, go ahead. No, i was just going to say like I think more people would have been firmly on Will Smith's side if his speech afterwards wasn't so weird. Like if he just came up there and was like of said what he I guess like just talked about on Instagram or he just posted like an hour ago or whatever but like and you kind of touched on it him calling it almost seemed like he was being like I just got like into my character he was like referencing like Richard Williams like in his speech and I was like we do crazy things like for love which can be like triggering for like a lot of people like it's was, it was just like a weird thing the takes on this is gonna last too long because when I first watched it all I thought was what an insane moment can't believe that happened and then now it's just going through the take cycle
2: the the wildest thing was um and someone said this the next day they were like Judy Dench was literally in the audience and you didn't bring her up for the bond thing and you brought Kelly Slater in like who knows who Kelly like, Tony Hawk and yeah, Conway. Like, we also like, didn't have it lead into no time to die yeah <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. what's happening Oh <laughs> uh, no it's wild um also that's my Least favorite win, I think. Oh, I think that's I it. That. No time to Wait, die. But no time to die. Because
1: that's it, your least favorite. I
2: think so. Out of everything, because the thing oh, is, man. No Time to Die felt weak when I heard it in fucking 2020, and for it to win best, you know, song in 2022, I'm like, we're still talking about this song. That literally, I remember, I remember it releasing at midnight. And me playing it. And I was like, I'm bored. I'm turning this off. And (laughs) then when it played during James Bond, I was like, still bad. And now it's won an Oscar. Like, and also, does Billie Eilish really need an Oscar? Like...
3: Yeah, give it, why not? I
2: love the song. I think it's, I love uh, that one. I I, I mean, I do prefer... You really
3: don't remember the song at all?
2: I do prefer that to um, Lin-Manuel getting an EGOT and then not being there for it. So, like... I mean, then that was the other option Um, or Beyonce, who didn't think she would win. So wasn't there also winning like there was a lot of like bad options. So I guess it's fine. But like in in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it's great. Abolish the category. Yeah, no. (laughs) The thing is, I don't understand why best song is in the Oscars. Because, because we need to give egots people. We can't
0: give an egot if they're not best selling. <laughs> what are you
2: talking about? That's true. Gaga would not be
0: true. an Oscar winner
2: that's right true. now without this category. <laughs> um yeah, no, I guess that's fair, but like maybe combine it with best No, you can't no.
0: combine it with best. And then you court. don't have
2: the song performances? The song Good. performances are the worst part of this entire yeah, thing. We don't need to talk about Bruno. That was yikes. Uh, oh yeah, we need to talk about we don't <laughs> we need we don't talk about Bruno. Um, yeah, I was so excited for that moment because I'm a fan of that song. I've been a fan <laughs> of that song since it Encanto came out the opening weekend. Um, so I was like, this'll be fun to watch like, you know, lower, you know, smaller performers play and then like Megan the Stallions singing. And I was like, what happened here? Did we really need this? And a hundred percent um it was supposed to be the opening and like, I was just about to say that. Yeah, yeah. and why not they? Why why wasn't it the opening? Because I the think the poor that kids you probably wanted to watch it. I guess <laughs> like I oh would God. assume that it was Beyonce who was like, "I just want to like get my shit over with." But like, you could have it pre-recorded. was pre-recorded. It was pre-recorded. There's no way that was live outside.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't was know. So pre-recorded.
1: Oh, then it's even worse. Yeah, poor kids, poor kids. They really they like they marketed it as like the first live performance if we don't talk about bruno and then i saw megan Thee stallion coming out and i was like is this like a remix yeah or, like, what, <laughs> what's going on and it was also like two hours into the oscars already
2: so the kids who wanted to see it are probably already asleep oh can so you I imagine just- there was definitely a child who begged their parents to stay up and then it was like this like horrifying version of <laughs> we don't talk about bruno um the only other thing i can imagine jonathan is that they uh like pitched it so much hey, we're going to do the first live version of We Don't Talk About Bruno. And so they were like, we should maybe put it in the middle. So like, yes, like the parents have been watching with the kids and now the kids are going to finally be able to go to sleep after they saw what they wanted to see, which was not what they wanted to see. If you wanted to do that, though, it needed to be a very straight version of We Don't Talk About Bruno. Um, I think you could do one or the other. Um,
1: because I felt like the energy actually picked up in the building when they started their performance and then I felt like it just kind of like fizzled out yeah. after I was like oh this is like not exactly the version that
2: we was we that know. directly before um, Chris Rock like I think very shortly before yeah because I remember that was when I was like after that happened I was like I'm not paying attention at all what do
1: you think about the winners
2: solid crop <sighs> I don't know. OK, so like other than Jessica, what are you like? Actually, like, oh, good with mid with OK with Um, drive my car international
1: feature. I'm like, yeah, I honestly like I was good with the Will Smith and I still am. So like, that's fine. He wouldn't be my personal pick, but I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm like fine with the acting categories, actually, I guess. Overall, I'm fine with it. Screenplays are absolutely atrocious, just absolute downgrade from the father
2: (laughs) Dakota my god (laughs) and and original screenplay but whatever I mean I Um, I agree with you there but not because I dislike Belfast I just don't think that's where it should have shined I don't like Troy Kutzer like as a performer
0: (laughs) not as a person he seems lovely as a person I don't hate him but I'm happy for what is like I don't know I'm fine I don't hate most of these wins I just like think they're boring because we knew like drive my car I like the movie a lot but like yeah it was so predictable and everyone knew it was happening i wish it was worst person or flee or like with all these i don't hate them but i just feel like there were more interesting options i didn't other than will smith but the only reason i like will smith winning is because he just punched chris rock and i was interested in what was going to happen so like i don't know I, i'm very other than belfast which like we stand, yeah I'm very average on most other than anything with power of the dog because like
2: yikes Let's see what I liked. Okay. Um, oh, I liked. Win- I liked windshield wiper winning. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, I was really bummed about long goodbye. I didn't like that Dune dominated the categories um, lower, especially editing. And uh, editing, I think, is atrocious for specifically Dune because, like Dune, I remember feeling the time. And Wait, what would you pick for editing? I mean don't say it don't say it what tick tick boom oh uh, is, that, is that what you're gonna pick yeah what were you thinking I was gonna say tick tick boom <laughs> 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 all right fair enough um no only because I I like remember liking the editing I mean if we were going to pick what I think was the best editing it was um West Side Story which was not nominated um so like everything else I felt like I really felt the time, but Dune specifically, I was like, Oh my God, come on. Like that last third of Dune, I think is brutal. And I blame mostly the editor. Um, So glad he has an Oscar for it. But when none of the films
0: are well edited that are nominated, like I can't be mad. It's like,
2: whatever. I mean, I, I think that, I think that tick tick at least moves at a good speed. Um, I didn't know Jonathan was such a hater
1: um then i think it's fine but okay what would you have picked
2: i know what you would have picked i know (laughs) what you would have picked out of the nominees yeah dune oh really i thought you were gonna say don't look up oh god
1: (laughs) no no see i actually like don't look up more than most but even the (laughs) editing for me in that movie gets like (laughs) okay like what what is going on here uh, but yeah, West Side Story should have absolutely yeah. been nominated. It's crazy that it wasn't.
0: Weird, well spe- weird way to spell Last Night in
2: Soho, but I'll accept okay, it. Okay, actually, yeah. Last Night in Soho that. should have won Best Editing. But West Side um, Story is incredibly well edited, to be clear. Yeah. Um, and actually, I don't know if Last Night in Soho should have won Best Editing, because all I can think of is one glorious shot. Um, oh, <laughs> like I'll rewatch it. The editing in that is, like, s- shocking.
1: Sing2 has good editing as well. <sighs> it does. sing Dude, it is it, better I'm than I'm the nominees
0: <laughs> Dude,
1: honestly the third act go crazy oh, i love when he movie. falls and it
2: slows down to slow oh my god <laughs> yeah, it's Cinema goosebumps um also I, I i mean personally i will say my favorite thing that happened is that flea got nothing shut up like damn you don't like one star one star flea. <laughs> i hated flea I was like, I don't care about your problems. I don't care about, like, I was just like, well, like, (laughs) watching it currently, I also didn't like the concept of, like, we recorded all this and then we just drew over it. It just feels very, like, (laughs) it feels like if I had watched it as a short, I would have been like, yes, give it best documentary short. No, it, it really just is like, I just felt like it's really slow. I don't do well with slow things. Like i mean unless it's portrait of a lady on fire which is why i think i love it so much but speaking of slow and boring um the host did uh, like an all right job actually no. um i liked all <laughs> of them and when you stay on stage you just change gay really- for five minutes i don't care
0: you're doing a bad job
2: wait i didn't see that <laughs> okay oh, so like it
0: was in the opening thing because oh like, i missed the up
1: gay 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 gay
2: yeah it was the end of their opening monologue. go away women straight women go away Okay, never mind. Um, but I will say I didn't see that. Um, <laughs> uh, but I will say that I think my favorite like moment of the Oscars in terms of like staged things um, was Amy Schumer doing that little joke about like the tension in the rooms, like the vibe in the rooms yeah. different. I was like, that is the perfect. Um, someone said it's Billy Crystal esque. And I was like, yeah, that's what it felt like. It felt like old Oscars, like, you know, something happened. It's a little awkward. I mean, this was very awkward, but a little awkward. And then, like, the host comes back and, like, brings us all back together. Um, And I think that she did a really good job of that. Um, Also, the joke immediately following that, that people are mad about online right now, uh, with Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst is so weird. Like people are trying to cancel Amy Schumer for that. <laughs> like, are we really doing that right now? Um, because it's clearly like Jesse was into it. Oh, like in in the yeah the whole she skit. came out
1: and said that was a staged.
2: yeah uh, it was staged. obviously staged but I think they're just such good actors that like it looked like they were pissed I thought it was actually real like Jesse Plemons though he played that I was like oh
1: my gosh this is like he's gonna Will Smith like, <laughs> <laughs> imagine <laughs> if, if he had <laughs>
2: yeah, <sure. laughs> we just see the second punch of the night just like uh no but um yeah no uh I think that like they all did fine um, I, I laughed because, uh, Regina Hall came out in Tammy Faye, which is, um uh, the movie that's coming out later this year, um, is pretty much inspired by. So that was like a, that was a fun little thing that I think only was like a wink and a nod to Sundance people, which was like cool and very Hollywood of it. Um, yeah. Your favorite film that you can't wait for. i I will say i did not like the film i liked her in it that's
0: different (laughs) valid well yeah i know you don't like the film it was sarcasm um i did i mean hot take amy schumer was the best of the three hosts but also i did also enjoyed when they gave out last dual screeners i thought that was funny (laughs) no it
1: was so bleak that was tough that was tough
0: the only jokes
3: i saw on twitter were amy schumer's jokes and all of them were not funny so. I, I didn't Amy see anybody Schumer on Twitter talking time. about this. I is, like Amy
2: Schumer in general. Like yeah, but also, like, I think you also have like to, like, her. watch... Like, watching clips of something is so odd. And, like, I don't know if, like, you know, you've sat through 2,000 commercials and a bunch of, like, awkward, like, staged nonsense that, like, a even, like, mild joke, you're like, I am hysterically laughing because you just need something. An oasis in the desert that was the Oscars. <laughs> the hosts were
1: okay. I, I I do think that Amy Schumer is better than I thought because I'm not a really a fan of Amy Schumer. I think she was the most unafraid to actually like take jabs at people, which I think is, is probably the best part. One thing is like, Some of the bits just went on too long, like the Regina Hall one where she's bringing up guys onto the stage for the COVID one. That was when I I was like, came in. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, okay, like I get what she's going for. And then it went on for like another like 10 minutes. And I was like, okay, we need to like wrap this up. Then she starts patting down Jason Momoa. And it's like, okay, I'm like, can we just like fucking announce the award, please? The Amy Schumer one with Kirsten Dunst. Now that I know what stage like, obviously, it's fine. I didn't didn't even have like a huge problem with it. But like the only thing it was like it just wasn't funny to me. Just like get kicking her off or see like seed filler. That just like wasn't funny. I I'm am do not have like a moral outrage against it. I just didn't think it was funny. It was like it was okay. The Academy Museum commercial with Wanda Sykes absolutely turned me into the Joker. That went on <laughs> so long. I could not care less about it. It's just but so but like, you know, with every host, not every bit is gonna be funny. I think we all like accept that. It was better than i thought particularly with amy schumer because i literally had like trash level expectations but some of the bits they were just went on too long too long
0: well ta- speaking of the hosts as our final road to oscars which is a little strange now considering it's after the oscars we've been looking at films by people nominated but let's look at the films and shows of the hosts. And let's start with the project. That is not a movie. Life and Beth. So this is Amy schumer's show on Hulu. Paul, you chose these. So you chose this as the Amy Schumer project.
2: Why did you choose it? What a weird choice. Um I chose this because um I feel like everyone in their mom has seen Trainwreck, but like doesn't like love Trainwreck. I love it. it. Um <laughs> But um I think that it's just like, oh, she's doing something new. Let's, like, check it out. Um, if everyone was doing something new, I would have chosen whatever their newest thing was. Um, if we could have gotten a hold of um, "Hunt for Jesus, Save Your Soul, maybe that would have been, like, a thing we could have talked about with Regina Hall. Um, but I, with this, I just, like, I thought it would be really fun. And I put on the first couple minutes expecting to hate watch which is weird because i don't dislike amy schumer but i thought it was going to be bad and i was like i'm into this um and i know alina did not like it but i kind of loved how this show one of the things i've been really struggling with like say the disney plus shows and everything like that is that they feel like a long movie where it's just porridge between the episodes you're like i don't know where one begins and one ends like if i watch them all back to back i binged this show and you're watching episode five and it is completely different than episode six um you know completely different from episode seven it like has a journey and each one is its individual episode um so i have like favorite episodes but um overall i just think it's a really interesting story i think some of it's bad like ultimately just bad. Um, But I think I liked it more than I didn't. So I was like happy. And I think like if it got a second season, which I'm assuming it will, um, it'll be fun and I'll watch it. Also, I liked Michael Sarah. I liked seeing him again. I'm shocked Alina didn't like this because I really liked it. I only saw the first two episodes because that's all I was told
0: to watch. But, like, I could see myself finishing the season. Don't know if I will because I just have a ton of shows I'm, like, halfway through. But I thought Amy Schumer was really funny. I thought the screenplay was overall very consistent. which you don't normally get with the shows like this, I'm surprised. Alina, why didn't you like it?
3: I don't understand why you guys think I would like it. Like it's the first two episodes were really boring and it's just Amy Schumer doing her stick of like, I don't want to be here and I don't find her funny. It wasn't good.
2: I th- I think it's like, I think it was fun. Um, I also just, I think that this was a good project for her because it's kind of a recreation of her doing her uh, relationship with her husband. Um, which Carson in episode three, I like regret choosing just the first two. I didn't know at the time that Michael Sarah would show up in episode three, and suddenly it's a different show um, but in episode three is like when she meets her the basically her husband, and it's like a recreation of their relationship and I really enjoyed um her husband's autistic, and Michael Sarah um plays him without like feeling like a caricature um is playing someone who's um on the spectrum at least um and i think it's like really respectful of that because it never feels like it's making jokes about it it's just like this is a part of this person um i also don't know if michael Sarah's on the spectrum so like you know i've seen people be like i don't like that a you know um non-neurodivergent and I'm like do we know that is that like something he said um so i i just i think it's a a fun show also
0: absolute bless for a show that's like 30 minutes per episode holy shit it's so refreshing that a show is not just randomly 45 minutes to an hour each episode it's great okay well let's jump over to monster in law which i guess i will start us off 2005 romantic comedies i will say this is everything i wanted the family stone to be paul i think you said i remember you saying i think I would really like this and I did. This is so fucking fun. Jennifer Lopez, Jane Fonda, Wanda Sykes, everyone here is so consistently iconic and turned up to a 12, but not to a point where it's like annoying. It just keeps going on and on and on with these two warring sides in this relationship. And it just feels so refreshingly simple, but genuinely fun. Yes, it's predictable. Yes, it's cliched. You know exactly where it's going from the first frame, but that doesn't mean it's any less fun. Like it was just such I just had such a good time with it. I watched it this morning and I really just loved it. You were right. This is very me.
2: And I really enjoyed it. I assume you also like it because you picked it. Yeah. Um. So I specifically picked it because um, when I think of Wanda Sykes, I think of her as the assistant for a monster in law, because that was like, I guess my first introduction to her. But I've seen her in so many things, um, specifically like new adventures of old Christine and stuff where I saw her way more screen time wise but this role and specifically like some of the you know barbs and stuff she gets i was like i love this woman from monster in law so i just thought it was very fun and it also feels like a movie that kind of like disappeared even though i don't understand why like a lot of these movies like you know these kind of like rom-coms just stick around and people still watch them even though they're not particularly good um this one i think is good and it's surprising that like it's not talked about as much um maybe just the title is just a little weird but um yeah no, like I you love- said the family stone why do people watch that yeah I don't get it. <laughs> exactly no that makes perfect sense um yeah because this is exactly what i um this is like one of the few i think of this and um two weeks notice um were the two rom-coms that my mom was like we should go see a rom-com. And they were the only two that I was like, yes, these were fun. I enjoyed these. Alina, did
0: you like this one any more than life and Beth?
3: So I grew up on rom-coms, but for some reason I've not watched any of like Jennifer Lopez's. So this is my first time watching it. and I had fun with it. It's really cute. Um, I would say that Wanda Sykes best cinematic role is actually as the skunk from over the hedge to be (laughs) clear, but she was great in this also um yeah i really liked jennifer lopez and i really enjoyed jane fonda she was delivering on the physical comedy i feel like my one complaint about monster-in-law is the love interest is boring he's there's nothing to him he's so generic i was like why are we fighting about him come on
2: i literally um, but I did tra-
3: like it enough I was, I gonna say, I was like literally it trying to, to remember
2: watch. what actor it was, and I was like, "Is he
3: famous? literally who is he? I've never seen him <laughs> he's before. No
2: one. He literally was some in the movie Michael and Martin? Else.
3: Who is that? Literally, I was looking at his filmography. I'm like, I have no idea who this man is. I've never seen him before in my life, and I probably will never see him again. Like he's just some guy. Anyway, so I liked it enough to watch The Wedding Planner, which is trash. And Made in Manhattan, which is very, very good after. I had a little Jennifer Lopez rom-com marathon. I enjoyed Made in Manhattan. Ray Fiennes is in it. Can't go wrong.
0: Well, let's bring it right back to you, Alina, for our final film, Support the Girls. How was this one for you?
3: It was fine. I feel like I don't have anything to say about it, really. Like... I've been wanting to watch it for a couple years and it's like a cute slice of life movie. And I feel like with slice of life movies, I don't have like much to elaborate on with them. I do feel like it is a very good working class solidarity movie. It reminded me a lot of Dolly Parton's nine to five. Those are my thoughts. It's cute. I recommend it.
2: I always had a weird thing with this movie because everyone told me it was so good. And I was like, It's called support the the girls. It's just got such a bad title and the poster is bad. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not watching this movie. And so when I had the opportunity to like make myself watch it. I was like, let's do this. And then I did and I loved it. It was, it was really cute, but like (laughs) everyone was right. I was, you know, I was not surprised. I was like, yep, this is good. Um, but yeah, one of my friends was like, if it was called waiting, which was already taken. It would have been something that, you know, would have done a lot better. And I'm like, I think it's more the poster. The poster is just like Regina Hall and, you know, a couple of women behind her. And it just looks boring and like, it looks very like Sundancey.
0: In 2018, this was, like, there was a slice of maybe two months where this was the biggest
2: thing. Yeah, no, everyone was talking about fucking support the girls. And they were like, maybe Regina Hall will get a Best Acting, uh, you know, uh, nomination. And it'll be the big shock of the year. And, like... It didn't. Yeah, it did not. (laughs) Um, Which
3: is, like... And I've heard, like, nobody talk about it since
2: then. Yeah, it kind of became um, what I think... um, I want to say even, like, maybe Spencer would have become if Chris... Uh, Kristen hadn't get, gotten nominated. Where it's like, oh, you should watch it because you really deserved it, um, and she didn't get nominated because people were mean. Hustlers and, like, also, huh? Hustlers, Hustlers, Yeah, same thing. That like, that like, this was an actress trying to get nominated, and it like didn't work out, but she deserved it. It's like, um, it's so funny because like, I, I think she's good, but I think the screenplay is better than her performance. <laughs> yeah, um, I was so into the screenplay. like some of the dialogue, I was like, this is great. Um, Haley Lou Richardson is fantastic. um, which is really funny because I thought she was Haley Bennett and I don't like Haley Bennett. And so I was like, when I like put this movie on and I saw Haley Lou Richardson, I was like, oh, this girl, the Cyrano bitch. And then it wasn't her and I was like, oh, <laughs> I like you you're a different woman um so yeah I, I i was totally into this movie and i'm glad i watched it i'm glad i forced myself to finally do it and jonathan you should i think you would like it at least like it's definitely like a i'm watching like a south by southwest Sundancey kind of movie but like in a good way
0: it's an independent spirit award film like imagine yes. under that terms and you got it i like it going off my memory of 2018 i was busy i could not rewatch this i really wanted to because i remember really liking it in 2018 i remember regina hall is un like i thought it was unbelievable in the role i think the camaraderie between the people are really solid and i think the dialogue as you mentioned it was very engaging very rewarding um i can't really go into specifics because it has been just multiple years since i've seen this film but i remember really liking it and it's sad that nobody talks about it and i kind of feel that way about like I know I said that was a positive during the Oscars, but it is sad how so few films right now are becoming like you talk about them just a year after they release. It feels like that's a thing of the past in films like this that are really great and had that spotlight for a couple months are just being left behind. So I'm happy you picked it. I wish I could have rewatched it, but I didn't, but I would recommend anyone who has not seen it watches it. So I think that's a gonna do it for the episode. Let's go into our recommendations for the week. Paul, what's your recommendation? Kick it off. I'm going to go
2: with, <laughs> I'm recommending Sight and Sound's number one film of all time, <laughs> Vertigo. Um, so like, and I'm going to recommend Vertigo with a caveat. I think you should watch Vertigo and you will not like it. And then I think you should watch Vertigo again in six months. And that is my recommendation. My recommendation is not watching Vertigo. It's watching Vertigo twice because um, I went and saw it with my friend um, at the Arrow Theater. We watched it in 70 mil. And he was like, I don't Chris, friend of the podcast, actually. He's like, I liked it. I just I don't get it. It was very confusing. I'm like, yeah, watch it again. Like it's one of those movies the first time you watch it and you're like, it's good. It like, you know, it's a it's a solid movie. Then you watch it the second time and you're like, this is like music every line plays to a different line later there's so much that's like you know uh watching yourself be played like a fiddle before where you were totally following one path and that's not even what the characters are talking about and now that you know what they're talking about there's like layers on top of layers i've watched this movie like three or four times and each time i'm like Yes, this is so good. So yeah, I guess recommending Vertigo is very embarrassing, but I'm not recommending Vertigo. I'm recommending re-watching Vertigo.
0: For a second, I thought you meant it was like Sia's music, and I was very confused. I'm <laughs> to clarify. I'm happy you clarified that one. Alina, what's your recommendation this week?
3: I watched The Fallout earlier this week with Jenna Ortega. Very good. I gave it a three and a half. I think Jenna Ortega is a star. There's a point where like her and Maddie Ziegler are like chilling in a pool and she's wearing this fun little bucket hat and an orange shirt that says butthole. And I was like, I want to be friends with that girl. It's really fun. Um, It's about like uh two girls and like some of their other school friends dealing with like the aftermath of a school shooting. So I realized that it's a bit odd to describe it as fun, but I liked it a lot. I think it was a really good exploration of Trauma and grief and whatever, and also like teenage love and blah, blah blah. And I was like, This is really cute. It's really cute. I really recommend it. Also, it's a little bit gay. And I was like, This is fun. This is everything I want in a movie. I generally take it's going to be a star.
0: Love that. It's one of those on my watch list that I need to get to, and I will. And your recommendation helps me justify watching it. Jonathan, what's your recommendation this week?
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know if I'm breaking any rules with the recommendations, but uh, everything everywhere all at once. If you haven't seen it, it is absolutely unbelievable. I have not seen a movie like that. I know it is only in like New York and LA right now. Then it'll expand and then nationwide the following week after. So that's kind of cheating. I don't know if it is, but it is, it is unbelievable. And I, not that this matters, but I, it has a 4.6 rating on Letterbox, which is like absolutely ridiculous. That's like Parasite Godfather numbers. I'm sure that'll go down, but like not that that matters, but it is incredible. So everyone should go see it
0: well Jonathan you took my original one so I'm going to switch it so it doesn't (laughs) look like I'm copying you and say Riding with Fire it was one of the films nominated for Best Documentary Feature at the Oscars one of the films that just nobody watched for some reason despite being nominated but I thought it was really good it's a documentary about an all women's newspaper in India I thought the looks at journalism and really how much they put on the line was really captivating it is thrilling it is moving I would recommend it even though it didn't win even though Oscar season is over it's a solid documentary, and I think that's the bigger picture is to watch good movies rather than watch movies just because it's coming up at the Oscars. So that's going to do it today. Where can you find everyone on social media? Alina?
3: I am at Alina Fault on Twitter and Letterboxed.
2: Paul? At Price Like Tag on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Jonathan? Film Drunk
1: on YouTube, Twitter, and Letterboxd.
0: And you can find me on Twitter at BP underscore movie reviews, letterbox just Carson Tamar. Thank you so much for listening. You can email us at clappercast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Clapper podcast. Subscribe to our Patreon. We have exclusive reviews. We have commentary tracks. It's a bunch of fun stuff. Uh, and you can catch a new episode of the podcast every single Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.